Well, thank you, Alan. I appreciate you being with me once again. You're a, a returning guest here on Vintage Orange. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Ellen. <laughs> I appreciate your time, and I think it's very appropriate. The reason um, I had asked you in recently is because uh, it's very timely. We just celebrated here in Irvine the 50th anniversary of uh, University Park, or the people actually moving in, the first residents moving into University Park, and they had this really wonderful celebration, which you were a part of. Yes, yes. Uh, there, was, uh, there was fun, there were games, there was music, and uh, there were some... Uh, good uh, talks and historical perspectives, and uh, I gave a couple of walking tours of University Park, because University Park is uh, uh, the, the very first Irvine village to open and be completed. So mm-hmm. it was the first chance that people had to see what this new idea of Irvine was all about. So this was really the chance for William Pereira's ideas and things that he came up with in the master plan to actually breathe life into it, to see it actually come to life for the first time, as far as residential living. Exactly, and that is what is uh, really so um, nationally uh, significant about University Park and Irvine. Uh, These ideas about how to make a better city and uh, how to uh, correct the problems of uh, suburbia, there have been a lot of proposals, a lot of ideas, but Irvine was one of the very first places to really put that into effect, to really build it, so you could see how it, how it worked. And uh, now, 50 years later, um, frankly, it's worked very well. It's, it's proven, that, proven itself over the time. Well, let's go back to the very beginning when this was all just on paper. And uh, the idea of University Park was ca- quite unique because it was connected to the new UC um, Irvine campus, which had just been built here. So let's talk a little bit about the relationship between the campus and the city that was built around it. Yeah. Well, um, just to orient people, um, University Park is uh, in the what the the, the south um, east corner of Culver and Michelson, where those mm-hmm. come together behind the uh, the, uh, the University Park Shopping Center. Those were the very first areas to be built, and then it expanded over the next several years. Um, so it was, um, uh, I don't know, about a mile or two from the campus itself uh, at that time. But nonetheless, it w- they were all planned together. Uh, University Park was located there because that was where the 405 freeway was going to be coming through. Okay. Uh, it, it had not yet been built uh, in 1965 when University Park opened, but it uh, did uh, shortly thereafter, and of course, it made it much easier for people interested in uh, looking at these new houses to get there. Do you think that um, were the people that were coming, were th- was the idea initially to sell to people who were going to be working at the university? I mean, do you think that was a, a tie as far as a marketing uh, demographic as well for them, or it was just more this was adjacent and this was an area where they already had some infrastructure and development started? Uh, well, no, definitely it was intended to uh, be planned and to support the university. And to this day, there are uh, faculty members uh, at UCI who still live there in University Park. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was meant for that. 
Um, but the very concept of the master plan, the Irvine master plan that William Pereira uh, um, wrote back in the early 60s was that there was to be this new city with this core of this very you know dynamic, futuristic uh, new university, and it would be an entire city built around it, mm-hmm. so that the university would support the city, and the city would support the university, provide housing, jobs, um, shopping, everything that you had in a regular city, but then you had this extra dimension of the university and its culture and its science and its technology and uh, and its world prestige, frankly, as well. So it was an extraordinary combination and a great opportunity. And this was an opportunity because Irvine at that time, if people aren't familiar, was just a giant blank blank slate. It was the Irvine Ranch, and there was nothing built here. It was basically that area, I think, was a lot of cattle grazing land where the the university was. And so the Irvine Company and their planners, um, namely William Pereira, who designed the plan, had this great chance to do whatever they wanted to do in a sense, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, Irvine, the entire project of Irvine is uh, uh, an extraordinary coincidence of several historic events. Uh, that came together to uh, to make it what it is today. One of those was that the Irvine Ranch was 90,000 acres, and it had been uh, owned by the same family since the 1860s. Mm-hmm. And it had not, for the most part, been developed. There were a few areas around the uh, edge that had been sold off for housing. But basically, it was, was a blank slate mm-hmm. on which to build uh, and design and plan an entirely new type of city. So uh, it really was extraordinary. Yeah, the the original plan was 10,000 acres for the university and the new city, and basically it was the area what is now south of the 405, uh, leading over to where the uh, the university is. So University Park was basically this conceptual, perfect college town, in a sense, where it wasn't just a, a town adjacent to a university, there was supposed to be this really symbiotic relationship between the two. And was it successful right away? I mean, were, were, was this kind of taking off, or did it take a little bit of time for it to get going? It did take a little bit of time to really uh, get going, but it, it caught on fairly quickly. It was so new and so different. I mean, you have to realize, or you know, think about. It. Everybody is aware of, you know, what the standard 1950s suburban uh, housing tract looked like. Uh, if you go up to the the San Fernando Valley, or out in the San Gabriel Valley, or up into to Orange in northern Orange County, um, you see uh, what was being built mm-hmm. at that time for. Uh, for people to to buy and to live in um, as the population of California exploded in those years. Um, and it was um, came under a, a lot of criticism as well. It was bland. It was long, straight commercial strips. It was a lot of housing tracks with look-alike little um, cracker boxes all lined up in a row. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what William Pereira wanted to change. 
And that's what he did with the uh, the master plan of, uh, of Irvine. Well, let's talk about Pereira's ideal. I mean, and it, you can see it in the university. It started there, but it definitely translated into University Park. And it's it seems to me like it's always been this combination of modern and traditional, you know, where he wanted to definitely make a place futuristic and of the times and forward thinking. But it harkened back to some traditional ways of life, didn't it? Uh, yes, um, I mean he did um, uh, study and travel around to many of the great university towns in the world, in Europe and uh, England, uh, as well as back east in the United States, uh, when he was studying uh, what to do for this plan. And but he saw this idea of how the university and the city could be tied together. Mm-hmm. And that that's a you know very goes back to Oxford and uh, Cambridge sure. and places like that. But even, and that's what he wanted to recreate here. And even in University Park, where you're talking about the the way the way it was designed, we could talk about that a little bit more um, pedestrian friendly. You know, getting people out of their cars, off the new freeways that were being built everywhere, and kind of go back to the time where people would see their neighbors, encounter people on the streets. And uh, let's talk about that design in University Park. Okay. Uh, Yeah, his um, idea was to create diversity. And so, for example, there are um, single-family homes, there are attached townhomes, there are apartments, all of which were meant to attract different economic levels people who could afford, you know, smaller, bigger houses. But they're all mixed together so that people would not be separated and segregated uh, economically. Um, so that's one idea that he had. Because he was, it, it was meant to be beautiful, and mm-hmm. he did stipulate that there was to be the, um, the highest architectural quality in the design of these buildings. But it was also uh, a social design as well to mix different types of people, young and old, and, um, then, and to give them things to do. So you designed in uh, a certain amount of parks in Greenland. You, you, you uh, mixed in libraries and, of course, schools as well, schools which were walkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, your kid could walk from their home to school, not along busy streets with cars rushing by, along green belts and pathways that were landscaped and had lawns and so forth. So um, the, uh, built into the design were all of these amenities that were meant to promote social interaction uh, of, all, uh, of all kinds in this new city. And as you say, this was very revolutionary at the time because, you know, post-war development in you know or northern orange county especially was just really grid like and get as many houses built as possible and you know mass producing the ranch houses and all of that and and so now for the first time you're having these discussions and you're actually creating what the community would be like not just um, building a bunch of houses for people to live but what would their life be like in these communities and a lot of attention was given to that oh yes definitely and um there, as I said, is a remarkable coincidence that all of these factors came <laughs> together, and that William Pereira was there at the center of it. Um, 
because, well, the thing is, you know, practically speaking, of course, the land was owned by the Irvine Company, mm-hmm. and they could have just divided up the land into and sold it off to different builders in the same way that was being done uh, up in northern Orange County and southern Los Angeles County and the San Fernando Valley. And they could have sold off the whole um, the whole place, and they would have made a mint, mm-hmm. and they could have gone off and done other things. But instead of that, and this is you know really extraordinary, uh, the Irvine Company decided to take this long-term master planning idea so that they would plan these 90,000 acres over 50 or 60 years now uh, so that it was intelligently designed and that it would avoid those problems that were being seen elsewhere. Yeah, that that's part intrigues me, too, and I think people don't understand. The Irvine Company was a very different operation than what it is today. I mean, it, other mostly not just in size and the amount of, of assets and things, but the Irvine Company was an agricultural company, basically. They they were not home developers. They were not urban developers. Um, they were a nonprofit, basically, because they were um, the majority rules in the Irvine Company was the James Irvine Foundation. So this was not, this was kind of an, an experimental thing for the company, as you say. I mean, they're kind of taking a leap of faith here. Yeah, oh, very definitely. And uh, I, I believe that if, if William Pereira had not been there mm-hmm. to really, he, he was committed to these ideas, uh, and he is the one who convinced both the, uh, the board of the Irvine Foundation, which controlled the Irvine Company, and also the uh, regents of the University of California, uh, who were the other big player, of course, uh, and he convinced them uh, about this new idea. And... Um, and well, you know, it 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 was unusual at the time, but you also have to remember that California at this time, around 1960, was not only booming economically, but it was looking towards the future, and it had a great sense of itself as um, a forward-looking state. We had great education. We had great industry, new industry, you know, uh, technology and aerospace and so forth. Um, We were looking towards the future. So the idea of creating uh, a new city that would be better than the standard, the convention, um, people could get excited about that. They were optimistic. They said, yes, we we can solve these problems of our cities if we put our minds to it, and uh, and that's created the atmosphere that created Irvine. And William Pereira, who was definitely a very dynamic and charismatic figure, was, I agree, the perfect person to kind of bring this all together and be the 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 advocate for this idea. Um, but it also took the, like you said, the attitude of the time, and I think this this company that was ready to make a change. I mean, they knew they were going to have to that agriculture. As on a large scale in the Irvine Ranch was not going to be profitable or even feasible anymore with the development um, at its doors. So, right. but they chose. I think you're right. They chose the the more creative, uh, forward thinking plan rather than just bought, selling off lots to the 
developers and building more uh, grid-like neighborhoods. They really took this creative, innovative approach. So the company in 1960, right before University Park, as they do this, Pereira, I know he was very involved in that, but there were actually, it was the Irvine Company Planning Department that did the actual penciling out of University Park. Is that right? Uh, yeah, the uh, chronology there is that um, in 1960, um, 61, the University of California knew they wanted a new campus there, and the university and also the Irvine Company hired William Pereira to write a master plan to design what this new city and campus would be. And uh, he detailed it out, all of the, the, the major ideas that we still see today. Um, but then when it did come in, you know, 64, 65, to the point of actually building this, uh, the Irvine Company, um, well, actually, Pereira wanted to be hired by the Irvine Company as their master planner. He had already been hired by the University of California to be the master planner for uh, the university. Um, but the, as you said, you know, the, uh, the um, Irvine Company was still mostly an agricultural company. Mm -hmm. They didn't have much experience in real estate development at all. Uh, and they decided that they would create an in-house planning department to actually do the, the, the work and the planning for initially University Park and then moving on. Um, Pereira was involved, he was consulted, and um, they, the planning department did follow Pereira's concepts very closely. And of course, the, the head of the um, planning department was Ray Watson, mm -hmm. uh, who was a very well-known name um, around these parts. He later went on to become president of the, uh, the Irvine Company. Uh, but uh, he had a small staff, including Alberto Trevino, who was a uh, uh, Harvard-trained planner. He had worked with Victor Gruen, who was probably the best-known master plan architect uh, in the United States at that time, when it was still a new concept. And um, he and uh, there's uh, he and Ray Watson and the small staff. Um, actually did the work of laying out the roads, hiring the builders who would build the houses, guiding them, always looking over their shoulders, making sure that they were following the guidelines in the master plan that Pereira had written. So this was, yeah, very much uh, planner-driven, this whole development. It was they, they were very much involved not just in the design, but then actually as the builders are out there um, grading and building and all of that, that the, it was very much of a hands-on operation for the yes. planning department. And, you know, they were these were not uh, seasoned veterans. They were very well-trained, as you mentioned, but these were relatively young guys in, in, the, urban, in the Irvine Company planning department at that time. And um, we've talked about this before. One of my favorite images from the Irvine Company of that day is the planning department, and there's a picture of 
um, Alberto Trevino and Ray Watson, and they're in there with their white shirts and black ties, and they look like guys from NASA, you know, that yeah. <laughs> contemporary of that. And I, I always think that, no, they weren't sending people to the moon, but they were they were doing something very revolutionary at the time. They, they really believed in what they were doing, and this was a young company um, that Charles Thomas, who was the president of the Irvine Company at that time, was kind of brought in to groom this young company of young executives. And there was a lot of energy and, and just creativity that came out of that youth, I think, that they were... They were well-trained, ready to go, but they kind of let these guys use the creativity of, of what they were bringing in this sense of innovation um, that they brought to the whole project. And I think that was infused in the Irvine Company at the time. Oh, it was. And, uh, you know, there was certainly creative tension there as well. <laughs> they had uh, a lot of arguments uh, over uh, these ideas because they were new, um, and uh, they hashed them out between the... Uh, between the planning department and the real estate department and the engineering department at the Irvine Company, um, and they had to all work together and come up with a a, uh, a final buildable plan. Uh, but um, there there were a lot of arguments uh, in in the process. And their office, their headquarters, was not at the Irvine headquarters that it is today in Newport Center in Newport Beach. They were actually headquartered out of the old um, Irvine Ranch House at the Ag headquarters up there, which is today at um, Jamboree and Irvine Boulevard. Today it's the Katie Wheeler Library, is that replica of the Irvine family home, and that's actually where their offices were located. Yeah. So University Park and Turtle Rock were actually designed in that old, <laughs> the old house um, on the Irvine Ranch. So it really was a a kind of the beginnings of things. It was not a small operation in any sense, but kind of a, a, a grassroots thing. They were really getting started from the very beginning. Do you think there was any um, naivete in what they were doing? Um, do you think that they understood it, or it was kind of uh, a leap of faith, or you think that it was, uh, you know, a very well-planned idea? Well, um, I do think that if they had, if the Irvine Company and their planning department had been conventional builders and planners uh, that they would not have tried as many experiments as they did. Uh, if they'd been more knowledgeable about, you know, the, the building industry and so forth, they would have just said, oh, you, you can never spend, uh, you know, you're not, you can never have green belts that big. You're wasting too much uh, space that you can build houses on, for example. Um, so there are many ways in which they're being naive or at least not willing to follow the conventions um, allowed them to experiment in ways that they, they would not otherwise have done. 